0: What do you think the perception of the people who do stay late, come in early and all that other stuff are to the bosses? I mean, you know, do you think that that gives them an advantage over people who are basically the nine to fivers? Yes. (laughs) Yes, I totally do. I think it does.
1: But then again, when it comes time to lay people off, um, I question how much that really helps sometimes. Uh What's architecture really about? ArchiSpeak is the show that dares to peek under the architectural kimono, exposing what architecture really is, what it is that architects really do, and show you why we are passionate about our chosen profession. I'm Neil Pan. Join Evan Troxell, Cormac Phelan, and me as we have a casual conversation about all things architecture, which includes all the stuff people don't talk about. Think you already know what architecture is really about? Tune in to find out. It's time for some ArchiSpeak. Welcome to episode 14 of the Arcaspeak podcast. I'm Neil. I'm Evan. And I'm Cormac. And this week we're going to look at something that uh, affects a lot of us: um, normal business hours and what are normal business hours. But first, Evan's got some business to uh, to announce.
2: That's right, Neil. This week we had a lot of donations, and man, I mean, we're all blown away by this. And uh, you know, the the inaugural donation accepting episode was episode lucky number thirteen, and we had two guys. Uh, basically get us started off with this, and then it just exploded this week. So let's start off with our $5 supporters. We have Tom Wilcox, Brett Levitt, John Cruz, Greg Lavadera, architect, who has a really cool uh, house plan website for modern house plans, at lamidesign.com. That's L-A-M-I design.com. And we had Smart Tools LLC, and you can learn more about them. They make an iPhone app that is for punch lists. It's very cool. So check that out at Smart Tools LLC. There's only one T in the middle of that URL. So check that out. Thank you guys. Every every bit of that uh, helps the show out a ton. And now let's talk about our ten dollar donations. We had two of those this week. We had Robert Habian donate ten dollars. Thanks, Robert. And we had Jess Stafford who basically took his personal $5 donation and did a company match for his firm, Modus Operandi, and you can find out more about Jess and what he's doing to help out the field of architecture at Big Time Small Firm, which is a Google Plus community. So search for that, and uh, that's, that's cool. We're all a big part of that online as well with Jess, and we've done some hangouts with him that you can check out. And then we had some people who went above and beyond here with $20 donations. The first one was Pete Lavelle. And you can find out more about Pete at his website, peterlavelle.com. That's P-E-T-E-R-L-E-V-E-L-L-E.com. And Pete's the one who wrote an article that we reposted on our website, where he basically describes how he got a job in, uh, in today's economy and using technology and some things that we said on the Arcuspeak podcast. So thank you so much, Pete. And uh, check that out either at his site or at arcuspeakpodcast.com. And either way, you'll find out more about Pete that way. And then last is Amy McGee, who also donated $20. Thank you so much, Amy. You're awesome. And uh, Amy McGee can be found on Twitter, and her Twitter handle is at Twitties That's at Twitties Everybody follow Amy. So we we really appreciate everybody's uh, support this week. Awesome turnout. Um, and, uh, you know, we can't do it without you guys. So thank you very much for your support of the Arcuspeak podcast. And if you want to become a friend of the show and donate to, uh, you know, we are completely listener supported. Check out arcuspeakpodcast.com slash donate. We really appreciate it, and uh, it helps us with all of the costs associated with doing this show. So thanks again.
1: And and a big thank you to those of you that uh, doubled down or, or uh, quadrupled down on us. So uh, we really appreciate that.
2: Yeah, we had some people who came in way over bid, and uh, we obviously
1: appreciate it. They won't get the job, but, you know, we appreciate it. <laughs> they might. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, Cormac, you uh, posted a couple of links, and we'll, we'll have them in the show notes about clients invading after hours time.
3: Well,
0: it, it kind of, you know the idea that we had you know about this normal business hours kind of stemmed from a few experience I've had about you know clients kind of calling me up you know late in the late in the evening even late at night, sometimes on the weekends and stuff like that. And, um, started thinking about, uh, the boundaries of what is normal business hours and and everybody deals with this. You know, um, we were starting to talk about, you know, how this is becoming the norm where because of the economy, the way that we've got it, uh, these days, or some people don't have it. Um, we, are starting to, um, you know, basically do whatever it takes to keep the, the client hand, uh, happy, which, you know, I mean, is kind of a standard thing anyway, but you know, we do whatever it takes to just keep them happy. And we purposely kind of break our own barriers down, um, and, uh, you know, just work the you know, 60, 70, 80 hours a, a week, you know doing whatever it takes. And, and, and I'm just, I wanted to kind of have a conversation about, you know, what do you guys consider normal business hours? What do you guys think is, um, clients pushing the limit on, you know, is phone calls to the, you know, your own personal, uh, cell phone on nights and weekends, um, acceptable from, uh, the client, you know, uh, aspect of it. I mean, should a contractor be calling you, in the middle of the night, you know, all, all of the different things. So I I just wanted to kind of get a feel on, you know, what you guys' thoughts on this work.
1: Well, I have a question you know, put out to the listeners and for you guys as well. I mean, seriously, 80 hours in the office, are, are we talking about, you know, okay, I'm in the office a certain amount of time, or I'm maybe out, I know in Cormac, you're out on the job site. So that can certainly run into a lot of uh, extra time. But I mean, really, eight, 80 hours in an office, who does that?
0: A lot of people. <laughs> A lot of people, do.
2: Yeah, I think, I think that it's pretty common. Um, week, working weekends, working late, coming in early. Yeah, I mean. Um,
1: I mean, what's know, the it, math on that? Is that literally, I mean, 16 hours. Is that, you know, I mean, that's, that's like from, that's beyond 8 in the morning to 8 at night. Yeah. 8, eight yeah. in the morning to midnight every day. Or five days. Well, I guess if you go yeah, weekends, days. okay. For so for that's five days. So I mean that's, um, but I mean I guess you can spread that out over you know those four extra hours into the weekend. I mean, yeah, Neil, we,
2: you just totally busted that that whole thing where people think that you have to know math to be an
1: architecture. I guess so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I guess I guess if you're saying okay, if you're going to put in eight or ten hours on a Saturday and eight and ten hours on a Sunday, okay, I, I could see where you could hit that n- number over over a 7 day period but uh
2: that's the only um, way that's the only way
3: you can Is that,
1: that the only way you can I think do that? So. Yeah. Um <laughs> I'm not sure. I have going to prove me wrong. He can do it well, in 5 days. No, the days. problem is
0: is that I have been, <laughs> you know, unsustainably um overworked myself a, a lot. Um I say selves because it feels like I need like two or three of me to, you know, kind of keep, keep up with some of these hours sometimes, you know, in, no, it's not always like that. I don't do this often, but you know, there's those pushes and there's, you know, times where, you know, you get a little bit overburdened with a a project that, you know, you do have to throw in nights and weekends and have like, you know, that, uh, the, the devil of bringing a laptop home and hooking up VPN and, and uh you know accessing your uh your server and you know continue to work or in my particular case on a more recent um vacation logging you know while everybody's still asleep uh in the hotel room here I am you know with uh just the light of the monitor clicking away answering RFIs and uh you know doing whatever work that I need to do to kind of keep the project moving. And, you know,
2: well, I think, do do you guys think that that stems from our education? Um, because you know, when you're working in studio, I mean, it's kind of the same thing, right? And so you're kind of trained and programmed to, to do that. I mean, not everybody subscribes to it, obviously not everybody, even in studio. I, 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 maybe pulled one all nighter when I was in studio, but, um, I've done more in my professional life than I did in school, just because the stakes are real. Um, but when you're when you're going to school, that's what you're doing, and that's what you're being trained to do. And and you kind of, I guess what it what it really comes down to is that it doesn't matter how good or bad you estimate what the job is going to take. It's it's just going to take whatever it takes to get it done, right? And well, you know, sometimes I mean, that is a, you have to get it done today. And sometimes you just got to figure out how to get it done in the next two months. But, but still, I mean, it just takes whatever it takes.
0: Well, you know, I mean, it, it's interesting, you know, cause you'll have good example is, you know, um, had a contractor call me up and say, you know, I- I'm getting an RFI pulled together. I, setting it out where we want to do the work on Monday. You know, here it's today's Friday. Um, and we wanna we want the contractor to do the work that we're asking you this question on. Can you turn it around? Right. Yeah. Oh and by the way it's three o'clock. We're gonna leave at four, close the job site down at four. Is there any way you can get it done in an hour? Right. You know, and I don't know if it's through guilt or just my own little sadistic. Um, I don't like loose ends. I don't like to have things kind of out there and floating. So, you know, so yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll try to get it as, as best as we can. You know, I got one out of two of the RFIs, you know, um, answered before I left and the structural engineer had to basically draw a new detail to answer the other one. So I won't get it done till um, Monday, but which of course is killing me, but, um, you know, it's just like there, you know, you, so you've got the, the external pressures that of course you're never gonna, you'll never be able to budget that time in because yeah, just, it comes up. Yeah. It just happens. Right. So you're good. It's gonna, it's going to be something that affects you. But I mean, you know, so here, here I am trying to push, you know, all of these unrealistic times and deadlines onto myself trying to get things done. Um, you know, I do have a little too much military still left in me. Um, me personally that, you know, I have to get the job done. Got to do it now. Got to do it now. So you know, got kind of like this little uh, extra psycho, you know, um, time crunch, you know, kind of demand on my own self. So, well, you have this certain sense
2: of responsibility, right?
0: Do you ever jump up and say, yes, sir. No. Sorry, no. sorry, not about so much. That. No, Yeah, no, not these days. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so normally after I hang up the phone, I jump up in a uh, profanity-laden no. tirade. <gasps> <Is> <gasps> Are you a, kidding is me? A, <laughs> <an> hour? <gasps> uh. But, uh, but I mean, so, so the question goes back to is, okay, so, you know, we've, it's, we start talking about you know the hours that people work and stuff, but it that wasn't really the point of what we were talking about. We were talking yeah. about what is the um what what should we expect out of clients and contractors and coworkers and everybody else? Are reasonable borderlines between what is the normal expected workday of eight hours or so a week to get your forty hours a week in. And, you know, I'm giving you the examples of what are the extremes, you know, clients calling you at 10 a.m. on a Saturday on your personal cell phone. And you're trying to first you're trying to figure out how did they get your phone number?
2: Well, if you didn't give it to them, (laughs) if you gave it to them, then you're the you're the problem. But but yeah, I I mean, that is kind of out of bounds. And to me. If you wanna be hyper connected, then you're you have to decide and make a, a choice that you're gonna be hyper connected. So you're giving that stuff out. Um if you if it's your personal cell phone and not a work cell phone, you you're not obligated to hook up your work email to it. No. Probably not, not.
0: Um Oops. hold on, I gotta delete this stuff off my phone.
2: And I've done that. I've done that before. I mean, if if they're gonna pay for the phone, if they're gonna make the payment on that, then, then yeah, maybe maybe that that's a different thing I would have to think about. But not when it's my phone.
0: Well, we, you know, you're you're talking about you know being hyper connected to the project. Well, isn't that the way the profession is going?
2: Well, I call that the I mean, drive-through profession, right? That's that's that is where it is going and where what it's kind of become. Um, and I, you know, my my analogy to that, or, or where I think that stems from, is these these freaking tv shows you know these reality shows that show things in a very unrealistic manner where where they flip that house in a week um completely <laughs> rebuild it um or or they you know trading spaces and they take a weekend yeah. and they transform a space and people think that's real i mean because it's portrayed as real and right, i think right. i think that, that really does kind of start to get into people's heads that, yeah, that's how it is. And don't you just push the CAD button and, and doesn't it, you know, you're, you're just dealing with the computer's going to help you, right? It's, it's a huge, it's a tremendous help. It draws the walls for you and the windows and doors and never, we don't, we're not even thinking about code or, or dealing with agencies or anything like that. So I think, um, permit. there's a lot it's of a education that needs to happen there, but yeah, right. I, I had a, an experience recently where, it was Friday, and I got a phone call, and it was like, we've got to submit a bunch of stuff to the city that we didn't know we were going to have to submit. And they want it all in CAD. They won't accept anything that's that's hand-drawn or drafted, um, which is ludicrous to me. But they they had this expectation of what they were going to get. And Monday morning, um, the client calls me and says, are you done yet? And wow. it was like, you know... I'm not even the client's first point of contact, but when they're they're asking me that and I'm like, "Well, we're working on it, you know, and we've got we've got this piece and this piece still outstanding. I haven't got this overnight package from the structural engineer yet." You know, and it's like, "Oh, really? You haven't gotten that yet?" Well, I mean, it still is before noon. So no, we haven't gotten that yet. Um the expectations out there, I think are are kind of out of whack a lot of times. And that and it really is up to us, I think to to change that. It's not it's so not anybody this, else's
0: fault. So, with the scenario that you just gave, the example that you talked about, they called you up on Friday. Yep. You're assuming basically, okay, I'm I'm going to accomplish all of this in normal business hours. They think that your normal business hours are from the second they told you to the second they demand, you know that information and everything be turned over to you. So they're expecting you to come in, work over the weekend, get all of this stuff done and everything else. You know, I mean, sure, there's times where that really has to happen, but, you know, if this isn't something that's going to affect the critical path of a project or, you know, construction deadlines, or you're going to, it's not going to affect the budget or anything you know why is it that we and I'm not saying you guys didn't but why is it that we seem to make ourselves work the weekend rather than saying you know hey I'm just going to do it in my normal 9 to 5 business hours
2: yeah in this case it it was you know it was construction had to restart up on Monday and and it had to be signed off by the city because the inspector had stopped the job and and so, so yeah, I mean, we had to say yes. We are forced to say yes. Um, but then there's other times where what you're talking about, where it isn't impacting that schedule. And we do have the power to say no. And a lot of times we don't.
1: Right. Well, let, right. let me ask you this, Evan. In this case, um, I mean, I, I don't know all the details, but let's assume, uh, you know, no fault of your own. This is an unforeseen circumstance. Uh, who pays for this? Yeah, nobody. Was, if you go to the hospital, if you go to the hospital in the middle of the weekend, or you, you know, I mean, th- there's an extra charge for that sort of stuff. I yeah, mean, you right. go to the emergency room; it, it's not just like normal business. hour. you call the plumber at two o'clock in the morning because your room is flooding. Um, there's a charge for that, an extra charge, not just yeah. a normal business charge. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it's a little different with your contracts, uh, being on such large projects and over a long period of time, or you're getting a percentage or something. So maybe that's a little different, but, you know, maybe on smaller projects like, wow, you know, who pays for my weekend that I just lost?
2: Yeah. And I remember taking professional practice course in college and they, the, the, the instructor, Michael Filonis, I mean, he's still doing great work in Southern California. And he um, he always had this thing where he would he would mime pulling up the extra services piece of paper and say, here you go. You Mm -hmm. know, this is what that's going to cost you. If you want
0: that, let's make it real. Well, so here's the I mean, you know, why don't we do that anymore? I mean, I could tell you right now with I can tell you why we don't do that anymore, because nobody else does. Because we're
1: not doing it. That's (laughs) why it it doesn't happen,
0: right? (laughs) Yeah, lawyers will...
2: will They don't even do that. They just bill you for it, right? They just bill you. But there's no question.
1: There's no question that there will be a charge for this. It is an expectation. We're not setting that expectation. If we all just do that same mime effect, except the paper is laid out, it's like, okay. I mean, Evan, you get the call at 5 o'clock or 4 o'clock on Friday. Okay, yeah, we'll have it for you by Monday. You're gonna have to pay extra for three people in the office for eight hours a day, and because I can't do math, you know that's twenty four hours I think <laughs> um, you know that's gonna cost you actually you've gotta pay for this, yeah. and you know if you begin to set that expectation, then maybe you don't get that call and in your case, that's an extreme example because construction was stopped and it had to start monday morning that there's you know, I mean that—that's a. I could see that happening. Okay, yeah. we we understand that. But there's so many times when I mean, I used to work in the development industry as well. I mean, I've been on. I played both sides of this game, if you will. And you always, Pat, you always tell your consultants you need your stuff three days before you really need it. Oh, sure and I so can. they're all killing themselves, and it's like, yeah, I'm going to go home and have a cocktail tonight, and you're going to bust your ass, and uh, you know, but. Because I played both sides of the fence, I didn't do that to my consultants. You know, I, I certainly told them, here's my de- here's my deadline, here's my schedule. Now, granted, it, I may be a day or two ahead, but, you know, I kind of kept that in my back pocket a little bit, but well, then I didn't, do need to do, I didn't do- lower the hammer on them and say I had to have it that day. I mean, I did. Yeah,
2: but, but you've got to do your due diligence and you right. do have to do the coordination still. I mean, there is That's, reasons oh, for
1: that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I
0: always, I always schedule an extra week Yeah, you know, it's like, okay, if I've got to get it to the client, like say on Friday, the fifth, then I want it, you know, the Friday beforehand so that I've got a good full week to be able to review it, coordinate it, get any little miscellaneous changes that may or may not need to occur and get it over them as a complete a set as possible. Right, right. So, you know, but, but I mean, you know, that's just something that's, you know, pre-scheduling. That's planning. Um, Oh my God.
1: We actually can do that.
0: What? Yeah,
1: it can happen, but we need to make it happen. I guess that's the point. And maybe that's, you know, I mean, is, is technology making this easier for our clients to think that we're available all the time? I mean,
0: no, here's the thing It's so, you know, we still Let, have to
2: decide to make that choice.
0: Yeah. Let, let's take the... But is technology off. making it easier? Oh, yeah. Well, no, here's the thing. Here, here's how it's, it seems to be we get played on this. You know, okay, so say, for instance, let's take the deadline issue out of what the example that Evan just gave us. Um. You know, here's a client that, you know, come to him. You know, we're using the hypothetical client. And they're like, you know, um, I really need to get this stuff by Monday. You know, Evan, you know, against his, um, no, not against his better judgment, with his better judgment, he says, well, you know, because it's a Friday, you know, my staff is already gone. I really can't pull anybody in over the weekend. We'll get, you know, we'll get to it on Monday. Well, you know, Neil can do it over the weekend. So I don't want you to be my architect anymore. Now Neil's going to do it for me. And we're so afraid of them saying, well, we're going to fire you and we're going to go get somebody else to do it. Even though we know that we're so entrenched in the project that they really can't and shouldn't that we just, you know, we, it's like, or may have another. Does that happen, though? Yes. Because a you, lot. Because, you know, well, are you, you talking are you talking about being fired and go, you know, well, yeah, actually, I, I can give you a good example of. You know, a, an architecture firm that um, was had started a project and because they, you know, basically failed to meet the needs of the client, were let go. Yeah, no, I know that And, 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 it, was, and it wasn't that they were failing to meet the needs of the client. The client in this particular case had unrealistic deadlines that re- physically could not happen.
2: Yeah, but so yeah. are so are and they so better off then for for, for, for <laughs> that getting fired? Yes,
0: that particular uh, architect is yeah because yeah because somebody like, else you
2: know. now gets to go through that torture
0: and so and and the problem is here's the problem though, is that that other architect who will get hired to do the project they they'll lose money on it yeah yeah
2: and 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 right. then, then the client think that's okay
0: and and you know we've we've talked about this you know before. What it's doing is it's setting a, a horrible precedence for future business, not only with that particular client, but, you know, you know, there, the expectations is like, well, you know, I remember I hired this, this one guy, Neil, who says that he could, you know, um, he could create magic and I could get this project in five days. Um, Evan, what can you do? Right. Can you do any better? Yep. No, it's, it's like playing cardio. Like, oh, you know, I really general. want this project, so uh, yeah, I'll do it in four days. Right. But I mean, again, you know, that that you know we're starting to sort of get away from, you know, the, the boundaries. But, you know, in a way, I guess that's kind of not really getting that far away from it because the expectations that we... S- you know, the low expectations that we set for ourselves and the high expectations of, you know, clients and contractors and stuff like that. And let's not just pin it on, you know, clients, you know, because uh, they I don't mean, know any better. Right? They don't know any better. You know, they're saying, well, you know, <laughs> to use your analogy of the trading spaces. Well, you know, I mean, I can, I've seen like a whole crew of 30 people come in and they could get all this stuff done in three right, days. Right. You know, why can't you guys just throw bodies at it and get it done? It's like, well, you know, it really doesn't work that way.
1: Well, and, and that brings up, you know, Evan has a quote in our notes here about indentured servitude, the scene success. <laughs> you know, we're unhappy, but successful, but really unhappy. I mean, that's what it leads to, right? Does it throwing bodies at it? I mean, do we Draw, get that's, it done? That's
2: the wor- I think that's almost the worst thing that you could do. Is yeah. Throw extra people at it who don't have any familiarity with the project. Oh and yeah, They make mistakes make and they, they don't know the history and there's
0: all kinds of problems with that. Well, you know, I mean, and I'm sure you guys have experienced this, but I mean, you spend so much time having to teach people about the project that you yourself are losing time on the project. Yeah, exactly. And so you're not productive and now you've basically got a couple of other bodies that they're not really productive because they don't know the project. They don't really know the first thing about what needs to be done.
2: Yeah, and so these problems, to me, I think there's two things that you have to do. Number one, you have to be an adult, you know, and number two, you've got to tell the truth, and you've got to say, you know what? Yeah. We can't do that. We're going to be late. Um, because that's what you, as a professional, that's what you need to be able to do. You need to be you able know, to say, here's here's reality. And I don't, I feel like, People forget that they already won the job and they feel like they have to keep re-winning the job with the right. client. And so, yes, there is a potential there, like you said, Cormac, where you could get fired and somebody else inherits these insane problems and like, so be it, right? But at some point, you do have to be a professional and say, it doesn't work like that. It can't work like that. There's no way it can work like that. Here's
1: why. Um, right. Let's work something out that, that we can both live with. Um yeah but what do you do Evan when you're in a position where say we're not we're not addressing our client at this point but say we're addressing a senior project manager a senior associate with a firm and they've given you an unrealistic expectation uh or or deadline or goal uh and I mean how do you handle that conversation because they're answering to the client and they're obviously not going to pass that along so how do you work when your own firm is working against you?
2: Yeah, and I I, I brought that up before where, where I, those promises are made all the time, and those are people who are typically disconnected from doing the work, and so maybe they don't even know what it takes to actually accomplish the task. Um, and those are rarely people who are there on the weekends when you're there working, right?
1: Oh, of course. Of um, course. Well, how do you educate them though? I mean, how do you get them on board? Um, You know, what's a good strategy to,
0: well, you, you either do what Evan was saying is you, you know, buck up and be the professional. I mean, you know, everybody's got control over their career and, and a lot of times people won't speak up because they're afraid, you know, that, well, if I can't get it done in the two days that they want me to do it, even though it's going to take me a week, well, I'm going to get fired and they'll just, you know, get somebody else to come in here and do it, you know, in my place. And I don't want to be fired. I'm just going to take it. Or you just basically say, look, you know, let's, let's sit down and look at this. I've programmed it all out. It's not going to, you know, there's no way that I can get it done in the two days that you're asking me to do it. But, you know, I've, I've worked it out. And if I, you know, do this, 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 and this. And if I, you know, juggle this or whatever, I can, I can get it done in four days. You know, that is, is there any way that we can go to the client and tell them that this is what we need to do? Oh, you know, and a lot of times, you know, you're going to find that people are going to be reasonable and they're going to work with you. And, you know, because if you're, as, as Evan was saying, you know, if you're outlining exactly what it takes to get the project done. And the person who made the unrealistic deadline was disconnected from, you know, really knowing what it would, would take to get the project done, you know, and, and you're schooling them on it, then, you know, it, it should work out. But a lot of times we live in fear and this, you know, these past few years of recession has, yeah. hasn't really helped it. And no, not at all. where, where we live in fear of our own jobs um, that we won't speak up. We'll say, okay, you know, uh, I'll do whatever it takes, you know? So then that comes into the 16, 18, 20 hours a day, you know, working till basically you pass out, uh, you know, uh, it, it's, yeah. I mean, well,
1: let's, let's, let's take this back around to, you know, how, how, let's give some of our listeners, maybe some examples or, or, some thoughts on how do we deal with those clients that are, um, pushing those boundaries, not necessarily asking for unrealistic, um, uh, or having unrealistic expectations on our time, uh, for, for project, but say, you know, they're invading your private time, you know, calling you on the weekends, calling you at night, or, you know, do you respond to emails at 11 o'clock at night? You know, I mean, me personally, There's been times that, you know, being an independent, uh, you know, with a family and most of my clients know my situation. So they'll, you know, maybe I can get away with sending emails at 11 o'clock at night or something in response, Um, you know, but if you're working in an office, you know, is that a good idea to be sending emails out at 10, 11 o'clock or midnight, you know, in response? Because now suddenly you're giving, you're telling your clients at that point, yeah, I'm working. And, and it's okay to contact me at, you know, at that hour, at those hours, because I'll
0: respond,
1: you know, so are we, are we creating our own monsters?
0: Oh, without a doubt, you know, um, yeah. But, you know, I don't think, you know, I, I think, you know, and if we're going to use the, the client as kind of like the sole example here, um, contractors they, work too. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they're expecting. Well, let's just use, you know, the general, that other person that you know is is laying these demands on you because you know I don't want anybody to really honestly think that you know contract or you know owners are bears to work with because you know no no that's they usually aren't I mean they're actually very reasonable and and you know I mean but there are the those demands but I think you know if a contractor you know contractor is really a good example because you know, they're charged by that same, um, client to be able to deliver the project. And they know that they're going to be more profitable on the project if they can deliver it under time, under budget. So if they're expecting themselves to work over a weekend, you know, on Saturdays and Sundays and things like that, you're, you know, they're going to expect that you, you know, you do the same, um, and and I've had, you know, we've, we've all had that case, but I've had that case where, you know, I'll get emails from um, contractors at 11 o'clock at night. And, you know, then, you know, and of course, I'm not going to be checking it at 11 o'clock at night, but then I get back in. Yeah, you are. And, well, okay. Actually, you're <laughs> right. I, I probably would be. Um, but, yeah, actually, I, I, I went to a, not too long ago, I went to a um, progress meeting at one of my projects and um they're like, you know, hey do you, you know, it was like fifteen minutes early. And they're like, Do you want to go take a cat nap in my office? And I was so <laughs> tired I was so tired that I didn't really know what they were talking about. And they're like, I think the last email you sent out was, you know, two thirty AM Oh nice. You know. You know, so I mean, you know I you know, I'm doing all this talking and I'm not the best example over you know, um, enforcing those boundaries. I I'm in fact, actually the worst example of enforcing those boundaries. So I should, let's see one of you guys who, who might actually, I mean, you know, Neil, you were talking about how, um, you don't understand how people are, you know, putting in all of these hours and stuff, you know, obviously you've got a pretty good regime of, you know, limiting yourself to those boundaries and, you know, being a sole practitioner before, you know, for myself, uh, a few years ago, I understand that when you're working, um, you know, as a sole practitioner, I mean, you've got a little bit of interesting freedoms. You, oh yeah, you can do things during the day when other people are, you know, that people are, who are working for firms and stuff. You know, you can go out and run to the store or go and, you know, do something with your kid's school and things like that. And so, you know, those hours you're going to make up at some miscellaneous time in the middle of the night or whatever. And, but it's got a, you know, the way that you're doing it has got a more positive impact on your way of life.
2: Well, it just has a different kind of balance, right?
0: Right. 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 You know, yeah.
2: Yeah, and when you're working at a firm there's kind of an expectation that you're there during the hours of business and then a lot of times it happens that you're there afterward but but it's not as flexible with the with the timing.
0: Right, right. You know, it's just like um, you know, hey, can, you know, my uh my nephew is getting ready to uh, um go into the military and you know, he's been calling me a lot. Um, you know, cuz being um ex-military and he wants to know what the expectations and what to expect and all of this other stuff. And, you know, so he's called me a couple of times in the middle of the day and, you know, I kind of answer him back with text. I'm like, you know, sorry, I, you know, I'm in the middle of work. I, I really can't talk to you, even though I really want to talk to him. Um, You know, people aren't, you know, they don't quite get, you know, okay. Yeah. You've, you know, you've got to, you've got to do those, you know, the, those hours that you can't separate yourself from um you know the nine to five
2: well and then on you know when you're working in a in a firm where there's a lot of people there's a lot of different life stages going on there and so you know that could be a very good way to explain to people uh when they're if they're if they have some expectation based on their lifestyle you can say well okay and i'm sure neil you're probably pretty good at this too. It's like, I've got kids at home. I, I need to be there for them. I've got to make dinner. I've got to do laundry. I've got to, whatever it is, you know, I've right. got to take them to school tomorrow morning,
0: be um, but special, <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, but you know, that that's definitely one of those things where someone who has those expectations might not have that lifestyle at all. And so they just
1: project theirs onto you
2: oh yeah I mean yeah.
1: Oh, th- absolutely there there was a time uh developer I was working for at one point, my direct boss uh he was um he was older, chose never to have kids, him and his wife never had kids, so when I had my first child, I mean he really didn't understand uh what we were going, what I was going through, you know those first couple of weeks, anybody who's had a kid uh those are some those can be some rough uh, rough days and nights. Um, I mean, I was off for, you know, like three or four days, uh, after my son was born, but you know, I went right back to work, uh, the next week and, uh, um, yeah, I mean, he didn't really get it like, Hey, my son's got a fever today. I can't come in. And, yeah. you know, uh, it's that those types of things happen.
2: Yeah. I was, I, w- I went into the Apple store today and be, but before I went, I sent a text to, uh, one of the guys who works at the store who I know. And I was like, hey, are you going to be there? Do you want to grab lunch before I before I have to go to my appointment? He responds to me. He's like, uh, I'm on vacation until October. Oh, excuse me? <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, he's out on paternity leave. And I mean, that's a – you know, Neil. I mean, that company right. respects yeah. you and your family. Yes, they do. And when you're there, you're working and you're working hard and you're on your feet the whole time. But – when you're off, you're off. Yeah. And there's no expectation outside of that for you to do anything. I mean, and, and I just was responded. I'm like, good for you. You know, I mean, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. That, and that, that number one, that you can do that and not feel compelled to check in. But number two, that, that they totally respect your position in your family.
3: Well, let
1: me ask this. It, I mean, what we're talking about here—clients or contractors and things—invading uh, our, our, you know, or talking about normal, blurring the line of normal business hours here. But is there, you know, is this is this profession dependent? In other words, like your your friend is in working in retail, essentially um, at the at an Apple store in this case, and and so is there an expectation in different job levels or performance, maybe it's an income sort of thing, um, you know, where there's just maybe an expectation of like, okay, we don't expect this person to, uh, you know, be checking his emails or responding to people because he does this particular job. You know, I mean, maybe within an architectural office, it's similar. It's like, okay, the intern that's new, you know, we don't expect that person to be responding to clients because they're probably not talking to clients either. Um, you know, after hours, but at somebody at your level, Cormac, you know, is there an expectation that you should be doing that because of your level and what you're doing?
2: Yeah. Or is it self-imposed
1: or is it self-imposed? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I maybe it's both.
0: Well, I think mine's more self-imposed, but I, I think what you, you know, you gave a perfect example of what people feel in this country and, you know, pretty much everywhere. But, We have this view of, if you are not working all the time, you're not going to be successful and there's no way for you to be successful if you're not killing yourself, if you're not dedicating, you know, I remember, um, in fact, actually, you know, you guys are talking about, um, you know, paternity leave and, and, you know, having children and stuff now, you know, when I went to, you know, when I was in school, um, I went back, you know, I, I started school, kind of ran out of money, went back to school, you know, quit for a while, was working in an architecture firm. And then a couple of years later, I go back to school to finish everything up. Uh, got married. You know, we had our first kid when I was in my thesis year of school. So Good you know, timing, it was good, Cormac. Yeah. Good, good timing. It was going to be, it was going to be tough. So my, um, professor who is, Never had kids, never had the notion of ever having kids, because he truly believed that you eat, sleep, and breathe architecture. And he, you know, he told me, he goes, you know, I I really prefer that you just take a year off, you know, because you're just not going to be focused on architecture in school um, for you to be, you know, fully, you know, basically fully capable of like passing my course. Now, granted, I got an A in the course, you know, and I, you know, I would like, you know, babies are kind of, you know, yeah, they're tough um, in the first few years, you know, in the first few weeks, but then once they get that rhythm of sleeping, you can just, I, he, he used to sit next to me while I was um doing all of my drafting and stuff at my drafting board next to me. He was crashed out and, you know, every so often he might, you know, kind of like roll around and I'd shake the bassinet and he'd fall back asleep, but I actually got plenty of work done. Uh, you know, it's just everybody believes that if you're not eating, sleeping and breathing, whatever it is that your chosen profession is and ours is, you know, architecture, you're not going to be successful. So we in turn put that on ourselves, you know, I've got to be there for the client. I've got to be there for the contractor. I've got to be there for my, you know, team, my project team and my bosses and everybody else. Cause if I'm not there and I'm not available, well then, you know, I'm not living up to my I mean, potential of being the best of the best, and, and we put these crazy, crazy demands on ourselves, and we pay the price for it. You well, know I mean? we've gone back and we've talked about you know um, how we struggle with the work-life balance, you know, and, it's, and it all comes back to the pressures that we put on ourselves, you know, for whatever you know, real or false expectations.
1: Well, the the key thing you said there was successful, and I would say, you know, how do you want to define that? How do exactly. you want to define uh, successful? Because you know, uh, I mean, we can all are, are we star architects? Is that what we're trying to? Is that the definition of an ar- a successful architect?
0: Well, you know, and I was I'm so glad that you were going in this direction because I was hoping that one of you guys would. I mean, because do we really honestly think that um, killing ourselves? for the profession. I mean, you know, I don't live a separate life of architecture and not architecture. I mean, I think it's my whole life is kind of intertwined and I've got, you know, um, it's become a, you know, a bit of enjoyment for me to like go and do crazy little architectural things kind of outside of the office and stuff. But I don't feel like I define it in, you know, just through conversations that we've had throughout You know, the six months of our podcasting that we, none of us feel like we have to kill ourselves to truly feel successful. That success isn't measured by how much, you know, money our paycheck says. It's everything else that's in balance that, you know, for most of us is what, you know, what true success is measured by. I mean, am I wrong? No, I don't think so.
1: I mean, I think it's up to each one of us to define what we think successful is. And if you want to be that star architect or, you know, what your, uh, what your professor, you know, was talking about, if you want to be, to eat, if, if, if yeah, if if that's what you define as success, then, then good for you. Go do that. But I'd have to say, I'm going to paraphrase here, but I don't think the majority of people working in this profession define it that way.
2: No, I think, you know, there has to be some tolerance also between people to allow people to have different priorities. And I mean, everybody's a little bit different. Everybody has different expectations and you gotta, you gotta find the people that, that you align with the most, I think, so that you can pick their brain and, and figure out the right way to do it because really you do have to figure out how to navigate through, through these companies and, and what works for you and what doesn't work for you. But then, you know, this goes back to that work life balance episode that we had early on, where we were talking about Andrew Maynard's article where he would say, you know, here's, here's what I was contracted to do. This is in my job description. I don't work past this time. And he kept his job description on his desk, right? So that people, when people would come over and bug him, he would say, yeah, but look, this is, this is what I'm getting paid for. I, I, I'm not donating all this extra time to your company. Um, he he wouldn't budge. So I think, you know, there's so many shades of gray in this.
1: But. Well, I think on that, we should probably wrap it up, guys. Um, if you have any questions or comments, please visit the website at Uh Follow Archispeak actually, as well on Twitter and on our Facebook page, and you can communicate with us that way. And Evan, if you have the number in front of you, we have a new Google Voice number, too. I actually do.
2: And one one other thing I wanted to bring up. If people f- if you guys are our listeners find stories and things that you think would interest us or that that relate to an episode that you're listening to, post that on our Facebook page. Yes. I think that'd be a great way to um interact, you know, if you paste a link up on there, part of the article shows up and people can see if they're interested and it's a great way to share that kind of stuff. Anyway, you can call the show. It's area code 415 484 Eight four nine six. And you can call in, leave us a message, and we might just play your question or comment on the show in an upcoming episode. That number is listed on the website, Arcaspeak It's on the right side of every single page. And uh, we would love to hear from you guys. And if you uh, say something smart or stupid, you might show up on our show.
1: And don't forget to leave us a a review on iTunes as well. We we definitely appreciate that. And it it helps uh, spread the word about the show.
2: Yeah, we've got a few more this week, and uh, we appreciate it. I mean, it's it's easy. You've got to go into iTunes to do it, but once you're in there, um, just leave us a sentence or two and a rating, and we'd love to hear what you think about the show.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And again, don't forget, we're listener-supported, so if you uh, feel like it, please uh, wander over to our webpage and uh, donate. That's right. com slash donate.
2: All right, guys. Thanks a lot. All right. See you next time. Yep. See you guys.
0: genuine when i say that i really actually enjoy my profession i really like architecture and this podcast is just one of many ways that i of a creative outlet for you know my enjoyment you know to display my enjoyment of this profession as cheesy as that sounds i mean you know it's it's fun and um And if you can't have fun with it, then, you know, why are we doing it? What's the point?